Windshield time again. I think it's been about a month since last time we updated this thing. Apologize for the delay as usual, man. It's one of those things it's like uh, I went for the longest time just trying to update uh updating once or twice a week so I could keep it topical of what was going on in my life, but got to a point where there's a lot of things I'd much rather listen to other than my self-talk, so I do apologize for the delay. <laughs> See, today is Friday, December the 20th. We're going on week three since being off the island of Barbados. Been, um, been thinking, it's kind of a weird thing, man, that, um, you don't want to be, you don't want to be that person that won a blue ribbon and that's all you talk about for the next six months of your life or next year of your life or whatever. I probably mentioned it before, but I used to have a cousin that would mention like three weeks, three months before his birthday and three months after his birthday that he had a birthday. Hey man, do you know I had a birthday? Uh, I got a birthday coming up. So like half the year he was always mentioning that. But I've also been trying to disseminate, you know, trying to figure out what's the best approach to breaking down our overall trip, you know, and kind of what we took from it and what it was and what it was about, you know. I think when you tell people, oh, it's a good trip, you know, we're living on an island of what people's thought processes it is and what it actually was is two different things i say that coming from a place of what i thought it was going to be and what it was and what our experiences were and what we took from it are two different things also and um i'm trying to think of the best way to best way to present all the information uh all of our pictures all of our video all of our experiences all the everything that went with it so people can further, you know, kind of see for themselves what it was all about. And only thing I, I, I don't want to do it all audio on a podcast because then there's a lot of visual that gets missed out on. I don't want to do it just on Facebook because there's a lot of people that aren't addicted to Facebook. And I don't want to do a blog because I think a lot of people hear a blog. They're like, man, I don't want to read your shit. No offense. But then again, I think I'm in a place now where I'm, I'm probably just going to do, I'm probably just going to do three or four different approaches and platforms. I'm probably going to go uh, and update uh, IOwnMyName.com, NeilMcCormick.com, which was a bit pricey, to be honest. Apparently, the number one biographer and documentarian and stuff for the band U2 is also my same name but and also spelled the exact same way. I didn't buy it from him, but somebody knew what the value was to somebody potentially. So the thing about just posting it up there, in a blog form of pictures and a write-up and a de- little bit more detail, but also doing, you know, uh, audio version, which is some of I'm probably going to do today. And then also maybe doing a YouTube or uh, uh, not necessarily a video, maybe video, and then a, uh, a video version and then maybe a, um, I don't know how I got behind a school bus, but I did. I was going to be able to make it to my lunch on time. Um a video version but also just do some throw some posts up on facebook too you know it's kind of unique perspective i i've been comparing it when people are like what was a trip and i keep comparing it to if you've ever done a lot of uh, psychedelics in a short period of time or edibles you kind of get little little strands of things that just drop out over the next month or two that you kind of remember or bits and pieces of what you took away from it and i think that's what my our trip to barbados and the time there I um I think my number one main takeaway from it was, you know, if you're if you have a wife and three kids living anywhere else and you go to live on a tropical island with your wife and three kids, 
the life of having a wife and three kids doesn't change much other than you're doing it. <laughs> Excuse me, I know that's true. <clears throat> other than the fact that you're doing it in a different location, the kids still have nap time, kids still need snacks, kid, you know, you and your wife are butting heads over something, you're going to be butting heads over something just in a more different, beautiful place of wherever you're doing it. So, with that, that was the interesting part about going to live um, somewhere else was that's what we were doing. If you get caught up in your own vacation, you know, five to seven days, you know, you're probably not going to get tired of each other or get tired of a lot of things because you're just so enamored with so many things to go and do, which was very interesting about taking the week back, the week off, the uh, the first week off the island we went to Disney. And uh, the thing that we talked a lot about, or probably the most, is that... Um, is that what we talked about the most was uh, my Leah, my wife, and I was the amount of time that we always we spent with our kids. We spent a lot of time with our kids now because we don't have a mother-in-law or my mom or anybody who lives close. But the time that we spent on the island, you know, was us one-on-one, one-on-one with each other, and then twenty-four-seven with our children. Forever snack, nap, you know, trip, potty break, all that stuff. Whereas when you're, you know, going through your normal day in, day out life here in the States, you got, you have more of a, uh, you have more of a, um, you know, you have breaks, whether your kid's going to school or you and your spouse are going to work and stuff like that. So it just made us wonder like, you know, where, where would most couples and relationships and family time and all that be if people did spend that much more significant more amount of time with their kids i'd say they're coming from a place of like the amount of posts that i see on facebook of like ready for the kids to go back to school ready for the weekend to be over so i can get some more me time we need another bottle of wine to be able to you know push on through being these kids parent or this is daddy's time to be able to take a break from blah 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 and i'm it and to each his own, I just don't, I don't ever feel like I'm just exhausted of being around my kids. Like they wear me out or I'm tired of being their dad or they're just too much to keep up with of being their dad or, you know, and what my responsibilities are and that, and even in regards to my wife. And I'm not saying that in a bragging, you know, beating my chest kind of way, just more of like, you know, there hasn't, there wasn't a time on the trip or the time, the month before the trip or this month after the trip where I've been like, man, I need a break. I need to get away and go see my friends. There's been more times when I've, the kids are at school and I'm at work or doing some stuff where I really just miss my kids. I really just miss my wife. I really just miss our time together. I miss us just playing and doing dumb shit and goofing off and, you know, being silly and every bit of that, you know. I think it's been some of my resistance to, not resistance, but apathy about getting my kids into sports or ballet or any of those things. It's like, they haven't really asked, you know, so therefore I haven't really, you know, volunteered up much of that. But I mean, at their ages right now, I figured there'd be enough time for that, but it's, I really enjoy our time that we spend together. Maybe it's me just being a little selfish. As my former boss once said, you know, it is kind of selfish when you think about having kids because you're like bringing another human, another being into this world and they just so happen to look like you, which is kind of selfish in itself. Um, as I'm watching all these kids get off a school bus, we're on stop number six kit, folks. I normally would be on interstate now, but behind everybody that's getting home from their holiday parties. And it looks like they all had a really good time. It's 1030. They're getting off the bus. Why don't they even go to school? If they're getting home at 1030. Um, 
so that was the interesting part of, you know, spending all the time with the kids and navigating all that and all the creative places that I changed shitty diapers while we are in, uh, in Barbados and everything that went along with it. That was pretty fun and, you know, just kind of figuring that out of what it was. I say that because uh, Barbados, there was a lot. The food was very expensive in comparison to in the States, three to four times more expensive on most things. But there were kind of things that were affordable that a lot of Bayesian folks or Barbados folks ate a good bit of and we kind of adapted to which was a lot of bananas and therefore the amount of diapers and uh a lot of eggs finding eggs and and uh it was kind of funny because our airbnb right outside the kitchen window is you know they had the owners had you know just uh uh you know 40 50 chickens out there they had turtles and they had uh rabbits which is a pretty good move because chickens won't eat everything but the turtles and rabbits will clean up whatever um we learned the hard way in our first week or so about how fast, quick food spoils or goes stale in Barbados. So for our first week and a half, the, you know, plenty of bread and crackers and uh, one pot of beans, thanks to me, that all went out to the chickens for the most part. And it's funny because unlike our last week, we're at the grocery store buying eggs and the uh, we ran into the owners of the Airbnb and he's like, dude, why are y'all buying eggs? I don't know what's up, but our chickens have just been cranking out some eggs here in the last few weeks. It's been ridiculous. I'm like, we didn't have the heart to tell him. I was like, yeah, because we've been feeding them a shit ton of food for the most part. You know, our table scraps and everything and our learning curves for the most part. But um, the eggs kind of got back into eggs. I'm on day, we're on day 50 something since we quit eating meat. That's been a new wrinkle. That wasn't any hasn't been any major political stance or ideology. It's just we did it just to see if we could do it. And what we really learned the most about stopping eating meat is, one, I'm really not craving meat. And, two, um, going to restaurants and stuff, you just explore a whole other section of the menu that I previously never really explored that much. You look for the vegan or vegetarian options, and we've been doing fish, which I guess is pescatarian, which I used to make fun of those people, so now I'm one of those people I used to make fun of. So we've done fish and seafood, but it, it made me realize, like, holy shit, there is some really, really good vegetarian options out there. I mean, in a lot of places we've went to, I've looked at the meat options, and I'm like, yeah, I've had that. Or there's no way that that could taste as good as this. A lot of, uh, a lot of beets. A lot of uh, when we went to Disney, a lot of beets, a lot of grains like farro and quinoa and stuff like that, all over the place. Um, had a mushroom bisque at Disney that was phenomenal. But even like in Barbados, some might of vegetarian stuff. It was just really good. Um, so in Barbados, most food was really expensive, but what was cheap. And your boy here really just stuffed every opportunity he could in his pie hole was baked goods and pastries because sugar, they grow a lot of it there, is very affordable. Uh, and apparently flour is too. So this little, um, I guess a small chain of these stores called Crumbs in Barbados. And they were roughly maybe like six, seven hundred square feet. You walk in, it was a long, slender building, kind of U shaped with you know baked breads and bags on your right and then in the center running the length of the building is a, a, like a deli counter type deal with baked goods there you can buy cake whole cakes or slices of cake and there's a table in the center and then they had 
like a little bitty heated um, a heated cabinet closer to the register with these kind of flaky crusty pastries um, on the lines of a croissant-ish like texture but a yellow texture to them um, a yellow color shall I say and you could get different ones of those that either had different fruits or jams or um, there's a couple of them we got that had like a lentil spice like a I'm not using like spicy hot but like a spiced bean mixture inside of them kind of like a pocket that was warm those are really good uh, I didn't get any of the meat ones but um, between that and then a couple days we got some of the strawberry ones that were really really good um, and plowed through those but we could go in there and load up like eight to ten different things and it was maybe like ten bucks at most I mean like they were everything was super cheap in there and um, I yeah I, I mean even after uh, stopping eating meat and just raging through some uh, pastries and bread and all that I still I came back and between that and the Apple Watch still easily down 10 to 15 pounds in the Apple Watch was a big deal because uh, my business partner and I have been plowing through uh, the level of accountability for our you know knocking off a thousand calories a day so on and so forth so that's been a pretty big deal but um that's worked out really really well but we kind of explored in jamaica too there's a handful of uh british foods that are still there uh rice and peas and i, I guess they're british i don't know i know the brits are big on peas but you, most a lot of meals you can get with their like at a Bayesian place would be like rice and peas or just like fish, whatever generic fish they were there. You didn't get fish there cooked medium. Everything was cooked through. It's because everybody's just trying to stretch their meals as far as they possibly could. But a lot of greens, a lot of root vegetables, sweet potatoes and stuff like that. Not a lot of corn at all. Um, but it was just a very interesting dynamic. But since we've gotten back, the number one thing that you know kind of adapted to is. Barbados, people don't buy groceries for a week or two at a time. They buy it for like a day or two at a time. And uh, that's something that we kind of adapted to. And we don't, and not as hardcore here, but our fridge is never full. It's never like full of stuff because we know if it's full of stuff, then we're going to forget stuff and have to throw stuff away. And we're trying to just eliminate as much of that out of where everything gets used. If we go out to eat, the leftovers for all the kids will definitely be lunch the next day, so on and so forth, just smart stuff. But I don't know. I just think we've been, we're a lot more conscious now. And like I've mentioned a few times before, I'm stuck on this using your own real estate mindset of like, if you're not properly using your yard now as it is, every square inch of it for something you want to do, then why do you need a bigger yard? You know, if you're not, you know, using every piece of your refrigerator, why do you need a bigger fridge? Why do you need more food? It's like use everything that you got. I think that was a good exercise of being a Barbados was to use it, everything that you got all the time because people's houses were smaller. Um, I mean, we'd even get to some smaller, um, like some of the off the beaten path little communities. Only one road in, one road out. And... You could tell most of the houses there didn't even have running water. There would just be a spigot in the middle of town. 
everybody did their washing and, you know, carried water from there to their houses. And it's not a dirt poor island, but it's obvious there's parts that are like that, you know. So just kind of more of a reinforcement to use everything that we have. I think I'm bringing a lot of those things back. And yeah, of course, the beaches were amazing and the water access places. The island is still very diverse is what we liked about it. On the west coast, very, very long flat beaches and, you know, not that many waves and stuff. That's the side where all the tourists go and all the cruise ships dock and all that shit and everything. And we really kind of fell in love a little bit more with the east coast, a little quite a bit rougher waves a lot rockier um it's actually illegal to swim on the east coast just because it's so the waves are so rough and stuff at times and places you know that was really cool leah really liked exploring a lot of the tide pools and the fish and shells and, and stuff like that so we got out and did that quite a few days and just kind of hung out over an area called Bathsheba, which was really cool and you know took it all the way up um you know one of my favorite places was um in the northeast corner of the island, um, Little Bay was the name of it. Kind of looked like a lunar surface. And I'll throw some pictures up of this. I don't know, man. It was just something that really had these big tall cliffs and had a little area you could go down to with tide pools and a cave and different stuff like that. And I don't know, the few days that we went down to Bottom Bay and saw the sunrise and, and stuff like that was really cool. Places we saw the sunset was really cool. Um, now I just need to pop up what those beaches were and the people we met along the way that we started to see pretty frequently. Kind of, I'd say we befriended. And one day we took a, um, we went out on one of the tourist boats, which was, you know, snorkeling in three locations and see a dead ship, blah, blah, blah. And they're just run over by tourists. And the boat maybe went like an eighth of a mile. And we're on the way back. We asked one of the ship hands, like, hey, man, we're on something a little bit more different to go explore some more of the island do you know a guy and he's like yeah here come my guy his name's Romario meet him at this place it's 50 bucks an hour and we did like three four hours he took us up the coast and he's from there he's just getting his own little boat boat service set up and everything just a great dude knew a lot had a lot of knowledge he got off and snorkeled with Leah and Eveline took him to the, the some sunken boat areas where there wasn't a lot of people around we got out and swam and it was just really cool talking to him and you know hanging out with all the shit that he had going on and everything it was really cool experience and kind of give us a lowdown of the island and um some of the abandoned properties that are on the on the coast and things like that and the dynamic that's going on uh, apparently they have a new prime minister that, uh, a female that everybody really loves and really likes her and therefore apparently there was a lot of corruption before but they really like her and respect her and, um it's just a really unique dynamic and everything it was really really cool like i said i'm trying to figure out the best way to break all this down thing we don't do is probably just start posting on facebook and then accompanying it with some photos so people can watch the video of me talking about it and then maybe some photos uh of the whole trip and everything else so let's kind of go from there but getting back in nashville has been good man just feels different you know everything in our life feels different now you know we came back to our kitchen being remodeled and a handful of other things but i don't know I think that was the whole point to go live somewhere else and get a different perspective of what life is and what how it applies to our life and vice versa. One of the biggest takeaways I took away from Barbados was that our suicide rate in the United States is 15.8 people per 100,000 that take their own lives. In Barbados, it's 0.8 people. So our suicide last year, 55,000 people in America took their own lives. 
if we had the same suicide rate that Barbados does, it would be like 2,800 people. So that would kind of like blew me away, and but also made me wonder like what the hell are they doing that we're not doing, or vice versa. To where that that is such a stark contrast. And I think one of the biggest things was is that shit's too good. Shit is literally that good here. I mean, the roads are relatively smooth. If you're listening to this in Mississippi, this doesn't count you. Um, I mean, in Tennessee, roads are good. I mean, in most states, the roads are... We have good roads. You know, everybody's got running water in the house. They got sewers. They got a grocery store they can get to or a Dollar General or some bullshit like that. You know, it's a lot less hand-to-mouth. Yes, there's still a lot of that in the United States. I get that. But not as much as what you see outside the country, you know. That was... It's like you can't text and drive in Barbados. The roads require too much attention. You can't take your ro- your eye off the road or your attention off the road for four, for two seconds. I'm not even exaggerating. And I'll post some videos of what it was like driving there. But you, you just can't. It's just unrealistic. You just have to be attentive at all times. So I don't think there's a lot of accidents of people texting and driving there. But, well, rolling on into Nashville. Uh, got the kids Christmas holiday parties today so we don't feel like awful parents. We miss their miss Thanksgiving, their holiday um, recital thing at Eveline School or winter program whatever that is. Something else. Oh, school pictures. Miss school pictures. I really don't I really didn't look back fondly to my school pictures so I can't take that from my kids but I don't think my parents really ever had their shit together even knew when school pictures were anyway. A few times. Like my first two or three mom got me dressed up. I got a clip-on tie in the second grade that I lost on the school bus. Left it on the school bus and lost it. Picture turned out cool, though. You know why? Because I was that cool in the second grade. I had Miss Scoggins and Miss Little as my teachers. Miss Scoggins would go on to be my... Uh, my Miss Little... Miss Little would go on to be my kindergarten teacher, my second grade teacher, my grade school principal, my high school principal, uh, and the superintendent of the school before I left there, so... She was moving on up. Um, yeah. That's all I got. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Sorry for the delay on these. Hope to get them up more frequently moving forward. Heading up to Evansville, Indiana this weekend. So you bet your ass you can get a Evansville, Indiana podcast first of next week. Recap of the foods and everything I ate up there, which should be interesting. Not eating meat. I don't know how long I'm going to ride this not eating meat thing out. It's just that I'm only going to eat meat that I'm fucking stoked about eating. I'm not eating any more of your bullshit steaks from Logan's or Outback. I'm done with it. I'm not eating any more of your steak soft tacos from Taco Bell. Just give me a bean burrito, no onions, because they go heavy as shit on the onions, folks. That's where I'm at. I don't know. I, I'd still like meat. I still like meat a lot. I just think I just need to scale back on the percentage of shitty meat that I eat. You know? Anyway, signing off for windshield time. It's your old pal, Neil. I'm out. Enjoy your holidays.